Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Turning your attention to 2 Kings, verse 22, 2 Kings 22, verse 8. Let's start at verse 8. And Hilkiah, everyone say Hilkiah. Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan, the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave that book to Shaphan and he read it. And Shaphan, the scribe, came to the king who was Josiah and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it to the hand of them that do the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. The king in his 18th year of reign, that young child Josiah is now in his mid-twenties. And Shaphan says something very interesting here that I would make as my object for launching for this brief message. Hilkiah the high priest called it the law. And Shaphan called it a book. I would tell you, after reading it in front of Hilkiah, he should have called it more than a book. And it should have taken precedent before he talked to him about the money and before he talked to him about the servants and before he talked to him about the working plan of the temple. He should have led with more then Hilkiah has found a book. I want to preach for a few minutes to encourage someone in the house of the Lord today. It's more than a difference of opinion. It's more than a difference of opinion. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what we feel in this house. Help me to preach with wisdom, with clarity, with effectiveness, under the anointing of your spirit. I'm asking it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. And you may be seated. I mentioned him on Wednesday night. Seemingly a setup for what I would preach here today. Only eight years old. 
when he makes his way into kingship, he does not seem old enough to reign by the belief of men and women. But there was something unique about this young boy named Josiah, and we are going to incrementally watch some incredible things happen over his 31 years of tenure as the king. Some of them incredible at the age of 18 and then again at the age of 26. Specifically, in the 18th year of his reign, we are going to watch some of the most incredible and powerful repairing not only of the temple, but of the people that the entirety of the text would ever record. In fact, the Bible would tell us that there was never before nor ever after a king like Josiah. For those that are here today that are maybe less familiar with his reign, I would present to you the findings of the kings and the chronicles, this book from which we read, that he was different because he had a heart for the things of God. The first thing that we should note here on this Sunday morning about the life of Josiah is his action and his obedience and his desire to please God was not because of regular readings of the law. It's not until his 18th year that we find what we've read in our opening text today, that the law was discovered in the temple. But it seems very possible and plausible, if you will, and commentators and scholars seem to agree that most likely he had men around him and advisors that had the ability to remember what things should be like and what things could be like for one who would seek the Lord. But it is devastating to read about the life of Josiah and to read after his lineage that he actually looked back six generations, six generations all the way back to David to find one that was seeking after the heart of God. And there could be argument about the life of Hezekiah and rightly so that was only a few generations before here in the text, we read that his mirroring action is after King David, that one who had a heart after God. But his grandfather, Manasseh, his father, Am, they had done evil. They had done wickedly in the sight of the Lord. And you trace that back even to David's very son, Solomon who seemingly started on a righteous path, but woefully and regretfully ends up in a place where diabolical destruction is found in the entirety of the region. And the temple begins to lose its purpose and the word begins to lack its oratory and reading in front of the people. And slightly one day at a time and one introduction of pagan gods at a time. For Solomon, it was his love of women that ended up destroying his love of God. I would speak to everyone on this Sunday morning and remind us the company that we entertain has the ability to lead to the unraveling 
of what those coming after us might have to experience. And his love for those women became love for those women's gods. And the gods and the idolatry and the ultimate perversion that would fill the region and would begin to entrap Judah. It was something that all of time would record and we are left here with the offspring generation after generation seemingly unraveled. And Manasseh, there is a terrible Terrible outcome that is taking place and there is a destruction of the temple. There was long cry from what Hezekiah was trying to reaccomplish and, and there was this mixed signal of belief and there was this misunderstanding of how things could be and should be. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're following me here today, I want to bring everyone to this conclusive understanding. When the word fails to exist, righteous living tends to go with it. And instead of worshiping the one true God that we spoke about here on Wednesday night, instead of simply lifting praise to God, shrines began to be built and altars began to be built. And there was uh, perverseness not only in the land, but read the Bible and you see that even in the temple there were prostitutes. There were diabolical, I say again, things that were taking place in the region. And Josiah at eight years old, not having the law being read, not having the word of God from his tribes, but having enough oral tradition and having a heart after the things of God began to stand righteously for the Lord. I haven't said this in a while, so I want to say it as I feel prompted by the Holy Ghost on this Sunday morning. Whether or not your parents lived for God does not determine whether or not you can live for God. Whether or not your grandparents lived for God or did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now we have a lot of testimonies here that you're blessed because of what your grandparents did and what your grandparents did. And some people talk about being fifth and sixth generation apostolic. But I'm also preaching to a lot of first generation apostolics in this room today that you all you knew was a drunken family and all that you knew was a evil family. And you're not talking bad about your family or your heritage but they did not love the Lord but I would speak to you like I would speak to Josiah and say when you make your mind up to live for God it doesn't matter if your grandfather did it doesn't matter if your father did all that matters is if you have decided with a resolute determination and an unwavering resolve I'm going to serve the Lord Josiah, don't you see wickedness everywhere? Yeah, but I choose to focus on the goodness of the Lord. Somebody in this house on a Sunday morning ought to lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus, that we can live for you. And he has begun this journey. It's an incredible journey. Brother Fridley, you were so dynamic and hilarious in our teaching this morning. Pastor Lopez came up to me in the foyer in the office afterwards and said, I'm glad to know you're just a little bit of a polished version. <laughs> Brother Friendly, jump up and run down here if you're able. I want to I tell, tell you what you did for me while you were teaching. This isn't why you did it, but this is what you did for me while you were teaching. And I told people as I was walking out, I told God while you were teaching, thank you that living for God hasn't got boring to him. 
Thank you. Thank you that when you come to church, it's not a chore for you to be here. Thank you that when you teach and you talk about the goodness of God, thank you for not being me. Thank you for not being them. Thank you for being you, who God called you to be. I want to tell you that in front of everybody. You're not called to be anybody else but you. And ladies, stay here for a second. Ladies and gentlemen, the same is true for you. You're not supposed to be your neighbor. You're supposed to be you. Josiah, you're not meant to be your father. Don't you be Ammon. Don't you, don't you be Manasseh. No, 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 no. You be who God has called you to be. And you said this this morning, not knowing what I was preaching, but you said talking about the oneness of God when you first came in. Isn't this cute? They think they're going to convince me. But the more you studied, the more you saw this is more than a difference of opinion. I preach to everybody under the sound of my voice that will hear me and possibly respond. What the world is peddling is more than a difference of opinion with this word. This is factual. This is eternal. Heaven and earth might pass away, but his word. How many still believe this word? you got to understand Manasseh had set fires and there had been burning and there had been ashes upon the altar. But somehow through it all, there was a word of God that had been preserved. And maybe your father did wickedly. Maybe your grandfather or your grandmother. Maybe you got to go back six generations. But there are men and women in this room right now that if you could get back far enough, you'd find somewhere a little old lady or a little old man that sat in the presence of God and said, let my family please the Lord. Let my family please the Lord. Brother Fridley, I don't know that you should teach it that strong, though. After all, this is opinion. I don't know that you should talk about the oneness of God with so much emphatic enthusiasm. It's a matter of... It's what? I've heard him say that so many... Facts. Facts, facts. Josiah, no one wants to live this way. I feel like the church in the modern day, the apostolic church, the one God church, the Jesus name church, the Holy Ghost church, the tongue talking apostolic aisle running church. I feel like that church is very much like Josiah in the wickedness of that day. And people are saying, look around, take a look. There's many opinions. Don't you get so upset about the Asherah poles. Don't you get so upset about those altars to Baal. Don't you get so upset about the idolatry. Don't you do that. And we, like Josiah, are going to have to say, no, 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 no. This is more than just a difference of opinion. This is more than just a difference of opinion. But there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all, go ahead, Brother Quillen. I'm all right with that. Run an aisle for a minute. Run a little bit in the apostolic church. Go ahead, Brother Benson. Go ahead and just run a little bit. I know some people think this is out of date, but I'm telling you, this is more than a difference of opinion. He deserves everything.
Everybody in this church that knows me on any level, you know that I am on a mission from God to get the Bible home. The Lord spoke, the Lord spoke Hilkiah to me this last week. Thank you. Spoke Hilkiah to me. I began to think, I began to ponder, I began to pray, and then I went and I poured through it. Second Kings 22 and 23. Got into the Chronicles, but I poured. I poured, Brother Turner, I poured through 2 Kings 22 and 23 over and over and over and over and over. How did he have the tenacity without the word to begin, to have began what he did? How did he have the ability to which I would speak to somebody in this room that doesn't have it all figured out yet. And you can't quote 500 scriptures. And you don't have a Pentecostal pedigree when you get into a discussion with a coworker. But when he becomes a matter of the heart. Josiah, why are you doing all this? I don't have all the answers yet, but I want to please the Lord. I want to please the Lord. I want to please, oh, I wish somebody would lift your hands and repeat that. I, I want to please the Lord. I want to please the Lord. Somebody's been in an argument with family recently that tells you, well, that's just your opinion. And, and you're feeling in your spirit it's more than a difference of opinion. You can travel it back. I won't go that, that far, but you can get all the way back and travel through this Unique history of the kings and those who had turned their allegiance from the things of God to the things of the world. And when you really travel and when you trace it backwards, you begin to see some incredible flaws. Long before these Deuteronomic reforms that are instituted by Josiah, we read that at age 16, he seems to lead incredible for eight years how that's possible is amazing from the years of 8 to 16. How would a young boy lead so well to which I want to tell every Sunday school teacher and Wednesday night teacher in this room, I honor you and I speak blessing upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because what you're depositing in the lives of these children might be the very thing that helped them be the leader they're called to be in their schools and even in their families. We have kids that come here without their families. You might be between those ages of 8 and 16 right now. And I want you to hear me, young people. This church believes in you. This church knows you're able to stand for what's right and what is righteous. At age 20, Josiah began to cleanse Jerusalem. It was more extensive than that of the predecessor, Hezekiah. It was reaching beyond that. He's tearing down the altars of Baal. He's one of my favorite things about Josiah is he is going to take what had been burnt down in fire and destruction and new altars that would be elevated and new idols that would be lifted up through the destruction of fire came their existence. But Josiah decides, I'm going to fight fire with fire. 
And he begins gathering up those poles and gathering up those altars. He begins to tear them to bits and to pieces. And then he begins to take them and have them drugged to the Kidron Valley where he will begin to burn them. And he will begin to turn them into ash. I will tell you I understand the church has come under fire and some of you are already ahead of me in this house. But we need a good old Fashion Acts 2 outpouring of Holy Ghost and fire that will absolutely decimate every bit of idolatry that has tried to creep into the church and tried to creep into our families. We need good old-fashioned prayer meetings. We need good old... Come on, how many know we need the fire of Pentecost to fall fresh on us? We need the wind, yes we do. We need the salt, yes we do. We need the light, yes we do. But the greatest light you're gonna find is the fire. And the fire will purge and the fire will burn and the fire will cleanse. And at the age of 26, in his 18th year, he begins this rebuilding process. Not only am I going to tear down, but I'm gonna build up. And I speak to everybody under the sound of my voice to remind you, you and you alone must decide what you're gonna tear and what you're gonna build. What's your plans in Indianapolis, Calvary? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to build his kingdom and we're going to do everything we can to tear down the devil's kingdom. We're going to do everything we can to build the kingdom of... I needed to tell the enemy a couple things that weren't for you just for me to tell him. I want you to hear me right now. He is not the boss of this place. He's not the boss of this city. He's not the boss of your family. He's not the boss of your mind. He's not going to be the boss of our college. He's not going to be the boss of our of our CCC or our CCS. He doesn't have to be the boss of your public school. He doesn't have to be the boss of your college campus. Come on, when you walk in there, you can decide what you're tearing down and what you're building up. And I would take this moment to tell you, you cannot tear down the devil's kingdom while you're tearing down your brother. Part of building his kingdom and building the kingdom of God is building one another and encouraging one another and lifting one another and strengthening one another. So I want to look at everybody that will hear me and tell you, you can live holy. You can be godly. You can be righteous. And it's more than just a difference of opinion. Brother Grothy, it's more than just another religion. It's more than just a different way to look at doctrine. Brother Faulkner, you didn't go to Estonia because this is one of the ways you went because he is the way, the truth. And at the age of 26, in his 18 year, he begins to build the temple. We've been in a unique place. It's being talked about. We've been in a unique and an exciting place. We don't have enough room in the parking lot, so we try to create more stripes. Try to shuttle people over. That's a good problem. In church world, that's a good problem. Our classrooms don't have enough space. We got so many babies. It's awesome. We need babies physically, and we need babies spiritually. And thank God we've got both. 
Youth room's not big enough. Kids' room's not big enough. Junior high's not big enough. Where's, where's brother and sister Hussey? I know. Quit being so good. Walked up to the young adults. They were spilled all the way out into the middle. You know that frustrates hell. The same culture that is telling us they want idolatry, they want perversion, they want... Be careful what I say because everybody's in here. But Josiah, regardless of what everybody is doing, if you invest in the temple... And that's what he did. He began to invest in the temple. He began to invest in the building. For I've heard people say that it shouldn't matter what we invest in the building. It doesn't matter. We don't need to worry so much about this. But I'm telling you, it does matter. We invest financially and we invest with ourselves and our attendance. But as they begin to invest in the temple, they begin to invest in the temple. And there was such a trust with people. Listen, I've done business for a long time and I don't recommend this. There was such a trust for the people that when they started dispensing the money, Josiah said, and don't ask them for any records. I was like, Josiah, get the receipts, man. And you expect that of me and I expect that of those who work here to be physically responsible. But Josiah was doing something. He was saying those that want to build the kingdom of God can be trusted in this wicked hour. Those that are going to the altar of Baal, you don't, you no, know, no, we're going to destroy them. We're going to burn that altar. But those that want to build the temple and they begin to allocate and they begin to designate and they begin to rebuild the temple. But while they're rebuilding the temple, the temple yields something to rebuild them. Brother Massengale, while they're building and refurbishing the temple, Hilkiah said, whoo. He did one of those. I imagine that he did one of those. Uh, Brother Massengale, you got that very distinct. Get, can you just give me one of those? Whoo. That's how I feel like Hezekiah felt or, or Hilkiah felt when he found it. I think Hilkiah felt and he, and he went. He comes to Shaphan and says, look what I found. Shaphan starts reading it. Hilkiah's going. They tried to destroy the temple, but they couldn't. They tried to destroy the word, but they couldn't. Saw an atheist of an interview the other day. Uh, an interview, this atheist was looking at a car that had been burned up. He said, I don't believe in God, but it staggers me that somehow this entire car burned up, but this person's Bible. He was flipping through the pages. He said, I've never believed in a God, but this makes me think. Do you know they've been trying to get rid of this word for as far back as you can look? But this is bigger than a difference of opinion. This is bigger than a difference of opinion. This is bigger than a difference. It's more than just how one church believes and another church believes. It's bigger than atheism and agnosticism. It's bigger than nihilism and universalism. It is the truth of the word. And Hilkiah said, I found it. And Shaphan takes it. Before Josiah, I'm almost done. Don't get weary, I'm, I'm almost done. And he says, hey. Hey, boss, good news. The money came in. Excellent. 
26-year-old Josiah. The money came in, boss. Good. The people are working exceptional. Good, 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 good. All the progress is being had. Excellent. Oh, and Hilkiah found a book. If the production value of church ever trumps the word of God in the church. That's why I'm glad he's been doing what he's doing during our prayer services. That's why I'm glad what's been happening when I'm coming up to take the mic. Brother Die, when I come up to take the mic, I'm having a hard time lately. I just want to sing and run and shout and dance. Because I found it. I found it. I found it. When Josiah looked back, he looked back to David. And that's how I feel on this Sunday morning. I'm looking all the way back to David. And the Bible says David danced before the Lord with all of his. I've got nothing to hold back. If you got to yell, whoa, you do it. If you got to clap, you clap. Whatever it is to you, just do whatever you know tells him. I love you. I love your word. Stand with me and just praise God all over the house. Oh, pastor, that's just your opinion. No, it's not. He really is a healer. That's just your opinion. No, he really is a deliverer. Ah, that's just your opinion. No, there, there really is absolute truth. I think they got at least one that's about to get baptized. Their team can do that. Well, that's just an opinion on how people should be baptized. No, not according to this. Early church only baptized one way. In the name of Jesus Christ, by immersion. That means all the way under the water. For the remission of sins. And how many that have been baptized in his name, you found out you're glad that it was more than just an opinion. Preach about the Spirit, but don't preach about the infilling. That's just your opinion. No, 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 no. For me, it wasn't, it wasn't Hilkiah going into a burned temple and finding a scroll in the corner. But I did find it for myself. I was able to hear because of a preacher. And then I was able to take this timeless truth and open it up here to the book of Mark and read that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. I was able to open this book up, this hardly heard of book called Acts. able to go to the second chapter anybody remember I know it'd be hard but can you try to remember when it was the first time you heard someone say then Peter said unto them repent be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall 
receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There are people in this room, maybe it's been hidden from a while. For, maybe it's been hidden from you. Maybe it's been hidden from your family. But I tell you, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Pastor Lopez, I loved that illustration, the million dollar. I loved it, but I bet I'm not the only one who sat here when you said it and said, God, don't let there be anyone in our city more burdened to evangelize than we are. Shephan said it's a book. Hilkiah said, no, it's not just any book. It's the law. Scholars believe it was Deuteronomy based on the changes that Josiah is about to implement. And I tell you this before we pray in this room. You can't really let his word get in you and it not begin to affect you. The dramatic change that came in the 18th year of the reign of Josiah. Say, yep, yeah, but pastor, didn't, didn't he still die? He did. He died fighting for righteousness. He died fighting to stop an evil king. But not before he pulled down bales. It was an incredible part of this story. All this stuff's being burned up. Brother Muse, all of it's being destroyed. There's fire everywhere. He's having, he's having the bones of those false prophets pulled out of their tombs and burning them. There had been a prophecy back in 1 Kings 12 said there's going to be a, a young boy that arises by the name of Josiah. He's going to burn those prophet's bones. Man. He's pulling those old bones of those prophets. He's pull them out and burn them. Pull them out and burn them. We're not killing only modern day idolatry, but we're destroying even those who said it was okay. And he comes to, he comes to one old tomb. And he didn't recognize the inscription. And he said, who, who is that? Oh, I wish I, if so many moments in scripture that I wish, but I wish I could have been there to sing Josiah's face when that man looked at him and said, those are the bones of the prophet that said you were coming. Josiah said, leave those bones alone. I want to be the one that speaks over your life right now as the Lord has told me. And I want to tell you what the Lord would have you hear. If you'll let him work through you, you're going to do great things for the kingdom of God. Whether you're 8, whether you're 20, whether you're 26, whether you're 40, whether you're 63, whether you're 81. It's not about your age. It's about your heart. I got out of here a week or so ago, had an elder catch me. She said, oh, pastor, we were singing those old songs. She said, I wanted to run. I wanted to dance. She was feeling a little bit of hurt that she couldn't do it. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I ran for you. I danced for you. 
Let me tell you what you can do. You can lift a hand with me in this house right now. And you could begin to tell the Lord, I'm not going to let your word be just an opinion in my life. I'm going to let your word govern my life. When your word gets a hold of me, I will repent of my sins. When your word gets a hold of me, I will cut down every idolatry. When your word gets a hold of me, I'll be baptized. When your word gets a hold of me, I, I will seek you until I'm filled with your spirit. Oh, somebody could lift your hands right where you're at and begin to speak with other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance right now. Right now, right now. When your word gets a hold of me, I will be a witness. I want everyone just to begin to pray where you are. If you're here and you feel compelled to come to the front, if you're in the balcony and you want to go to the center, you're here on the main level and you want to come down to this altar and just tell the Lord, I'm going to treat your word as more than an opinion. I'm going to let your word be the governing factor in my life. And I'm coming down here on a Sunday morning just to tell you it's more than a difference of opinion and I know it. I'm going to trust your word to lead me. I'm going to trust your word to lead my family. We surrender our lives to you.